0: Welcome to Confessions from a Dental Lab. This show is all about bringing you into the lab, beneath the surface, so you can see things, hear things, and understand things right from the source. Learn from longtime ceramists, dentists, and lab techs, both young and old. Without further ado, let's begin. We're very excited to host Dr. Dan Kelly. My name is KJ Eichsted. This is Confessions from a Dental Lab, the show that takes you beneath the surface in the dental industry, so you can learn things right from the source, Our goal with these episodes is that we can all uh, learn some things and just get 1% better every day and uh, just basically be a better um, person and, and more equipped with our knowledge as we go into the future. So we have Dr. Dan Kelly here today. And Dr. Dan Kelly, first question is, could you introduce yourself, like who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. I'm a 2010 grad of OSU Dental School um, practice in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, we have a three doc practice. I have one partner and associate, uh, primarily general, general practice. Uh, we do a little bit of everything. Um, but yeah, that's, that's probably the big picture.
0: Yeah. Did you always know you wanted to be a dentist growing up? Dr. Kelly? Um, like have you, was that something where you, you kind of, as a kid, you knew that, this is where your path was going to lead or was this something that came on later? And could you maybe expand on your dental journey a bit?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I grew up just liking to kind of take stuff apart and just one of those kids who's curious about stuff and how it worked. Uh, going into school science kind of hit home for me, uh, came easy, enjoyed it, followed that path into college, um, started down a pre-med route Uh, medicine was intriguing to me and then uh, a guy in my freshman dorm said hey you know we're in all the same classes together my dad's a dentist I'm doing this pre-dental club Uh, why don't you join me for a meeting and see how that goes so I started going to those meetings with him and it's like hey man this is this sounds kind of cool you know get to work with your hands Um, definitely a science focus uh, but also materials and all that sort of thing so Uh, Came home that summer, shadowed a dentist, um, Dr. Jody Jenkins and Dr. Joe Crawley in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, Great, great mentors who just made it feel like, um, you know, we have an opportunity to treat people well and the rest kind of falls into place. Um, And it seemed like they were happy with what they were doing. So um, I joined the wagon and pursued that. Going into Ohio State, um, you know, it was a great environment, um, great people. You know, Dr. Lee Brown, who put us together, yep. um, him to be a fast friend and a great uh, resource and colleague along the way. You know, we kind of banded together with a um, a lot of our class. You know, it felt like we were in a we were in it together. So uh, it was a great journey. I'm glad to have gone down it for sure.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting just hearing the story of how people um, get into the the industry. A lot of times I find that it is a multi-generational thing where, um, you know, someone's dad or someone's grandpa was a, was a dentist and then yours was very similar, but it was just like your friend's dad. Um, and you never know what might uh, be that little nudge that opens up the door that puts you on uh, a very, very fulfilling and enjoyable career path, you know. I think that's one of the best parts about dentistry is just like, you're able to have success. You're able to, to interact with people and you're also able to make money, you know, and, and those are, um, you know, whether it's financial, uh, things that can add to life or whether it's like the deep connections with humans that can add things to life or whether it's like that time off and that balance, you can spend it pursuing those other passions. It, it dentistry kind of is one of those rare things that gives you all three. Um, I usually ask this question at the end, Dr. Kelly, but I, I figure it fits in right now. Like what would you say to, I guess, like the younger kid or maybe someone who's not quite so sure that they uh, will pursue dentistry? Maybe it could be because of the student debt aspect. Maybe it could be they didn't really have a great mentor. You touched on that. Like, what would you say to them right now?
1: Gosh, that's a that's a great question, because, you know, the reality is and I wish I had a great answer, but I don't know that I do. Um, the environment is changing. You know, and there is a lot of new doors in dentistry that were not so much open when I started down the path. So I think the new the person who's interested in the field now needs to understand what that looks like. And uh, I would offer that they not just shadow their local in town, you know, family practice, but also understand what the corporate or you know DSO model looks like. Um, yeah, We're faced now with, like I said, a few different paths to follow and not that any of them are wrong for any individual, but um, certainly want to understand what your goals are, because I do think that some of the financial implications, like you mentioned with the student loan debt now, um, you know, the numbers I'm hearing are wild as far as what people may graduate with and to be saddled with a burden that um, you don't have a proper path to followed and, and get it taken care of without too much stress would be I'd imagine a a lot to hold.
0: Yeah, real quick, what are you hearing? Because like we we like to say, you know, getting in the trenches with this podcast and kind of talking about really just the nitty gritty and not kind of maybe bypassing those those tough topics. But like what kind of numbers obviously anonymous, but like what kind of numbers are are you're hearing in terms of like graduating student debt? I'm just curious.
1: I've seen anywhere from, you know, you know, when I graduated, I'm, I, it was uh, right around 200 grand, you know, and now I hear numbers 350, 500, obviously, you know, are you specializing or not? Um, You know, are residents compensated for their work um, GPR or not. Um, There's a lot of variables there, but, um, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Is that Yeah, so no. I know.
0: I've I've kind of been hearing anything from like two hundred to and it's one of those subjects like you don't it doesn't like come up right away, you know, it just comes up after like you get to know someone a little better and you just learn that we just described how great being a dentist is and all the positives with it. Well, there are, you know, risks proportionate to that. And um one of those is like you said, the burden. Um but I think a theme. To, to kind of build off what you, what you were saying and, and just other dentists on the podcast is you got to find a mentor and beyond that, it's almost like ownership is the path forward. Like, like you mentioned DSOs, you mentioned maybe some associate opportunities. Um, but it seems like ownership is, is where I hear the most satisfaction from dentists. Um I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Agree or disagree or maybe uh, partial.
1: I uh, each individual, everybody's different, right? And I you can't decide what's going to be right for somebody else, but I do feel like ownership provides you the flexibility, satisfaction, um, compensation to make life you know what I was hoping for anyway, out of the profession. Um, You know, I do a fair amount of work with the Dental Society, and it's interesting to see how we've had to pivot and adapt over the last several years um, as far as keeping membership numbers up to advocate for our dentists um, in in the professional setting on the Hill and in our local communities, too. And, you know, CE has changed. You know, the way that we um, absorb our learning has changed, and that impacts some of the income stream for dental societies and, out, you know, what brings members in and interested. And now more than ever, I think our interest needs to lie in protecting the profession from going down a road where we lose control of our own destiny. Um, so that's, you know, we're at a crossroads right now, and it's definitely an interesting time for organized dentistry and how are we going to rally together to protect what we got.
0: You know, Dr. Uh, Kelly, that's actually fascinating. I want to I push you a little further on that. Protecting the future of the profession. Obviously, the day and age we're living in, change is constant and it's rapid and things are always changing. And um, you see it in the lab side, conventional restorations and and now just the explosion of digital. And then furthermore, uh, digital printing, you know, 3D printing, stuff like that. Um, what, what do you... Like, what do you feel about that? You know, because because you've been in this field for a long time, um, you've had success, you are a dental practice owner, you, you, you did take a little bit of an unconventional route into the field. Like, what are you seeing in terms of like, I guess, just, could you share more about your uh, your thoughts on that, like, the, like the future of it? And then what what then, you know, what should be done, I guess, to preserve the great thing that is going
1: um, as far as adapting to technology, I, we certainly need to embrace that. I, from patient, uh, patient benefit, you know, there's a lot of things out there that streamline workflows, uh, shorten, uh, turnaround times, all of that, you know, I don't, we certainly should not be stuck in our ways as far as adapting to technology. I think you probably have witnessed that firsthand in the lab, you know, and that's where, you know, when we bought our first scanner we were able to do the you know the ROI on it, right? And it mm-hmm. it made sense. I mean switching out of PBS into a uh modelless workflow was it just made sense. And so that was an easy transition. Now there's some that you really have to make sure that you have a skill set to support um some of the 3D imaging and printing and all that business that you can do in the in the office too is great. Uh, but you need a support team to implement it and uh as you know, that's that's for dentists in particular. A CE is expensive entertainment unless you're willing to implement. So um, that's certainly, uh, I'd say we don't need to be afraid of technology. Um, as far as the profession goes, you know, like I said, I think we need to, we do need to band together and make sure that whoever's uh, I don't want to say working against us, but has motives that may not be aligned with, um, you know, the core of the dental profession. Yep. Uh, we don't want to become robots in a machine. Uh, we want to maintain our autonomy and ability to treat our patients as individuals. And I think with that comes the responsibility to step up and have a voice and ensure that we, um, you know, are doing that, uh, the most effective way to do it is not letting, um, big business, I think take the majority foothold and in speaking for us. Uh, so as individuals, the organized dentistry is our way to band together. And, you know, when we have these meetings, we're, we're asking, it's set up like the house of representatives, right? Um, each area has a number of dentists that can, vote how they want to vote and the majority speaks right so everybody has a voice and that's what's great
0: yeah i i would say um that that is very interesting because uh corporations they're they're huge and uh there's there's always money to be made but at the same time you know we've just met so many individual dentists and, and they each serve a great role in their community and um it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. I have no doubt the future is bright. You know, people are always going to need their teeth uh, to be to be taken care of and stuff like that. So, Dr. Kelly, you mentioned in the beginning how you operate a general dentistry. And and like I just mentioned, there's a lot of those out there. So you can take this any direction you want. But what's one X factor that separates you and then maybe your practice by extension from other dentists?
1: I genuinely believe it's our team. I um, you know, we take a lot of time to develop, uh, our team and ensure that we, you know, not just, um, top down, but bottom up lead with our, with our hearts, you know, and try to serve people, um, serve people, you know, I, how would I want to be taken care of is the general philosophy, but, you know, the group that, um, makes our office run, is really our sh- our shining star, and we get that feedback all the time. You know that's what people love about us. I mean, we're we have systems in place to be efficient. Um, use great materials. We take our time, but above all else, I think you know when somebody walks into the practice, they feel welcome, and that's uh, you know we're going through a renovation right now, and um, my wife happens to be a designer who's helping us, re- you know, get things uh, spruced up, and she keeps coming back to the fact that we want to feel like a home, you know, somewhere that people are comfortable. And that I think exemplifies what we want for our patients. You
0: know, that's that's very interesting, Dr. Kelly. Um, very important. And I wanted to I want to expand on that for a sec because there are a lot of details that go into making a dental practice unique, making it a home. Uh you know, your team is different than the next team, that's different than the next team, that, and they can all be great. Could you maybe expand on, like, one or two details you're, you're putting particular emphasis on in order to have that best team that maybe some dentists listening or, or, or you know, people um, could take those ideas and maybe implement them into their own uh, communities and teams?
1: Um, we use – so within our team, we use the DISC. Um, it's like a behavioral profile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To- you know it helps you communicate with each other right so if you understand how somebody else operates you can better um you know resolve conflict because it comes up right i mean when you got i mean we have a team of about 25 people and you're bound to have uh things come to a head every now and then but hey if you know how to get through it um, and have the tools to do so then i think we come out on the other side stronger so um, that's something that we do for sure and then You know, like this, uh, tomorrow we are getting together to, we break into small teams. We go into areas of the community and serve. So we're going to a, um, a food pantry, a local park, um, a couple of the places that we're going in. We'll just do some community service and we come together at the end. And I I don't think I'm going to let the cat out of the bag at this point, but we got those, you know, those inflatable Halloween costumes that are kind of crazy. Yes, sir. We got like, you know, 25 of those that will split up and we're going to play kickball while we're wearing those things. And Ah. silly, like our office manager is a phenomenal. um, She's got a great feel for what would just bring our team together, have a little fun, but also build some some skills. You know, I mean, playing kickball may seem silly, but at the same time, you you figure out what skill sets people have and how to maximize them. Right. So. Uh, We're looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I I think those things are all great ideas that uh, dentists and dental practices all over can either copy or put their own spin on it and and reap some great results from that and rewards. Uh, How about this? What's one thing your patients have taught you over the years?
1: Um, I'm a big, uh, I think the further into my career, the more I understand expectations. So um i really try to gauge if i don't meet somebody's expectations and i let them down right and um setting proper expectations on my end helps the patients understand what is reasonable to ex- you know expect on theirs so just being uh, transparent truthful um i think is something that is don't sell something you don't have you know and um I think patients appreciate that. And it certainly takes a lot. I sleep well at night knowing that I gave everything I had to help somebody. And if it's not enough, then, hey, I'm happy to get you in the right hands Um, or we can try again. But, you know, I gave him my all.
0: Right. It's all you can ask for, especially um, as a leader, just leading by example. Uh, So how about this? How important is it? To work with a good dental lab, and why is that so important for dentists? Sure,
1: uh, the you know the confidence that you gain when for yourself and through patients and with your team. Um, you know, we go see the crown, and it it drops right in with minimal adjustment, if any, and then the the patients see that and they say, "Hey, you know what? The last time I had this done, they had a really." grind on that thing to, to get it in there um the difference between that experience and and the drop-in is tremendous and i think people appreciate that and remember it um, so that's huge uh, reliability you know having something show up when you expect it to uh, as far as turnaround times is big and also a labs are i mean it look you know you guys look like a tremendous resource as far as uh, being able to collaborate, right? So case planning, um, shading, you know, being able to look at photos together and come up with that right material. Uh, you guys are the pros in that. I've uh, been to courses to get educated enough to know that ask the right questions, you know, but ultimately uh, patients ask sometimes why we don't mill in-house and it's because I like having a professional doing that work for us
0: man that that's uh you hit on so many great points there just like the reliability when it comes to turnaround time we really try hard to give x factors right like i just asked you what your x factor was and and um you know a lab can just work on restorations or they can be so much more they can help with treatment planning they can you know bail you out of a case that was you know you didn't think you could get done in that short of amount of a time or uh you know, it could be educational aspects like this podcast, uh, but that's really cool. Um, I guess if you were to give like the like the younger dentists who maybe or someone who's experienced pain with their current lab, and and you like what's what's one thing you would tell them to look for just to, like identify a good lab.
1: Um, communications a pretty big indicator on how things are going to go moving forward. So you know you guys do a great job of opening up a you know sending a an entire packet of information about not just your fee schedule and um services but also hey here's how you can you know get on instagram which i thought was awesome you know here's how to make that work for your practice and link it up on social media and so not just the nuts and bolts of crowns and bridges and partials but also um hey, how can we help you with your practice, right? Uh, How can we help you grow? And in turn, uh, obviously, uh, I'm sure that comes around full circle, right? Um, What's good for the goose is good for the gander.
0: Amen. One of my favorite phrases ever is a rising tide lifts all boats. And I was just thinking about it in my head as you were giving that answer. Um, It's kind of like the way that you as dentists love to you know, get the patient and their family for the entire life cycle, right? You you see them grow and you grow together with them. Uh, it's very similar for a dental lab now that I reflect on it because, you know, helping out dental schools, such as Marquette with their, uh, students and and their restoration work and, and then, you know, helps us, uh, meet, uh, you know, the, the dentists of tomorrow and, and form good relationships with them. And, and honestly just grow with them. And it's crazy, uh, how the time flies and, and stuff like that. Uh, Dr. Kelly, any final thoughts you'd like to share or any goals for the future you'd like to put out there and speak into existence?
1: Gosh. Um, you no, know, I kind of, I with seeing my kids go through school and, um, I sometimes tell people I got out of the life planning business, right? I mean, there's only so much you can pre plan. And, you know, as, I think as dentists and, and technicians, you probably appreciate this, but you're, we're detail oriented and we like a plan. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes life just comes at you and you adapt and take it for what it is and make the most of it. So that's, you yeah, know, the next chapter for us, I feel like we got the practice in a great place and I'm just looking forward to what I am looking forward to what the future holds and, um to be perfectly transparent, I'm not a hundred percent sure what that might look like, and I'm open to figuring it out though and uh, I got a great partner in in the proc in the practice, so I know we'll end up in a great place,
0: yeah, and I think that's a very wise outlook because you're like, hey, I'm gonna prepare myself best I can, but truth is none of us really know what's gonna happen in the future. I'd say that's pretty accurate, you know um. Dr. Kelly, before we let you go, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to connect with you? And then if you want to, uh, you know, do any shout outs before we wrap up the show, feel free.
1: Sure. Um, you know, my email address is the best way to get in touch. It's Kelly, K E L L E Y DJ, like Daniel James at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, feel free, you know, if there's, there are young dentists out there, students, people interested uh, in the, in the profession, I'm happy to be a resource. And, um, you know, shout shout out to Dr. Lee Brown who, uh, hooked us up. Um, one of the the most disciplined guys I know. So he's an, he's an impressive guy and I'm glad he put us together. Um, Dr. Jody Yildirim is my partner. Um, and, uh, so happy to be in business with her and, Uh, yeah i appreciate you having me on
0: yeah we had a great time i thought it was a real conversation and uh, we got into some of the details which is always rewarding so i just want to thank everybody for listening in Uh, best way to help this show grow is just text it to one friend you know one dentist one lab tech one ceramist we can all learn and we can all get a little bit better and uh, it takes five seconds it's super easy this has been another episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. My name is KJ Eichstead. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, KJ. Thank you for listening to this episode of Confessions from a Dental Lab. If you'd like to contact the show, simply send us an email at dental lab podcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us at Life at New Art Dental on Instagram. Thank you for listening once again. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe and tell a friend. And until next time, we're out.